The name of the production that they're doing is Behold the Lamb of God. And it comes straight from a biblical passage, John 1, 29. And in that passage, John the Baptist is talking. And it's not a passage uh, that you would normally uh, preach on uh, Christmas Eve. But it's one because of the story we've been hearing about that I want to share with you uh, this morning. And it's a a message that, in essence, tells the Christmas story, really the real meaning of it. Again, we have a lot of different storylines going on in that Christmas story and narrative that we see in the Gospels, from the shepherds to the wise men uh, to Mary and Joseph and other incredible characters in the story. Of course, baby Jesus himself. But this passage comes when Jesus is 30 years of age. Now, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who plays a part in the Christmas story, if you remember, uh, Mary finds out she's going to have a baby, and she is told that her uh, older cousin, and when I mean older, well beyond the childbearing years, was going to have a miraculous birth herself, that in her old age, her and her husband, who was a priest at the time, was about to give birth to who was going to be the forerunner, John the Baptist, the one who was going to proclaim the coming of the Messiah. And John the Baptist had done what he had been uh, called to do. He went out like a uh, a voice in the wilderness telling people to uh, come back to God. Uh, There was a stirring going on in the Judean countryside where people were beginning to clamor for the Messiah to come. And as that clamoring took place, John, who was a revivalist pastor and preacher, called people to baptism, called people to repent of their sins and be baptized so that they might live afresh and anew in their obedience to God. And one day we are told that he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And as he was baptizing them, there was a great clamor that was going on all amongst the people. People were coming and confessing sin and seeking to get right with God. And amidst that clamor, amidst all of that, John stops and he announces, Behold! Now that word behold is a word that would grab their attention. Most commentators believe, and why we have the exclamation mark in our translations, is because commentators believe that John was articulating this as a call out of the distractions around them. It was to seize their attention. It was to grab them and to stop them in their tracks. Behold, he says, I want you to stop what you're doing, to pause, to turn your attention and your gaze onto something else. Well, this morning, we too live in a time of distraction. We too live in a time of clamor. We too live in a time where the voices many times drown out uh, our everyday life. And sadly, it even impacts our celebrations like Christmas. For some of you this morning, you've come in and this holiday has caught you off guard. You've been so busy and running to and fro that you haven't had a chance to stop. Maybe family is causing you a distraction. Hopefully not those that brought their family with them this morning. Maybe there's some turmoil. Maybe there's some concern. 
Maybe life in this Christmas isn't what you want it to be. Well, amidst those voices, amidst those discouragements, amidst those distractions, John calls out afresh to us this Christmas and says, Behold, I want your attention. God wants your attention this Christmas. But why does He want our attention? Because that word behold means to perceive. That word behold means to look upon. That word behold means to examine. He wants to grab your attention and He wants you to look at whom? Who is it that He's wanting you to turn your attention from the things of this world to? Notice John goes on and he says, The Lamb of God. I want you to recognize this morning that there are three things that I think we need to look at, we need to reflect upon, we need to turn our attention to. He goes on, he says, behold, he grabs our attention and he says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I want to work backwards for a moment with you in this text. The reason why we celebrate Christmas is we remember our lostness. We have sinned. John the Baptist recognized that the one who was going to come was going to take away our sin. We've learned and heard from the prophet Isaiah, 600 years before the coming of Jesus Christ, described us as a people. And he described us by saying, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us to our own way. What, what an apt description of us today. We have gone our own way. We've pursued our own possessions. We've pursued our own pleasures, our own prerogatives. We've maybe even at times knocked down others to get what we want. And the Bible tells us that all of us, every single one of us, have fallen short of God's glory because we have sinned. And that sin has created a problem between us and a holy God. That sin has created uh, us to uh, fall to a death penalty upon our own physical death. You see, we've been separated from God. And this Jesus, the one who was going to come, was going to show us our lostness by living a life of perfection. While we were going our own way, doing our own thing, Jesus came and He lived saying, Not my will, God, but Your will be done. You see, this Christmas is a time for us to reflect that we are lost. We are in need of help. We are in need of someone to come and to rescue us from our sin. We are in need of that Passover lamb that we sang about, what was sung for us this morning, that that would pass over us, the wrath of God, the judgment of God. We need a deliverer, one who would come and deliver us, not from foreign enemies, but from the enemy within our own sin and selfishness. We needed one to come. And so we remember this Christmas, we are lost. But notice it says that this lamb is the one who takes away the sin. He takes away our sin. He takes away the sin that you and I can't resolve on our own. But why would he be called a lamb? Why would Jesus be introduced? Now remember Jesus, there's no clamor about Jesus at this time. There's no entourage. There's no um, multi, uh, multitude of people following after Him. It's just Jesus. And John describes Him as a lamb. Now, was Jesus walking on all fours? 
Did he have a real woolly sweater on that day? Was he bad as he walked along? Probably not. Uh, most assuredly, I'm going to say not. But the reason why John uses that phrase, lamb, is he was talking to a group of Jewish people who recognized and knew that a lamb was what you brought for an offering. A lamb is what for each year would make you right with God. You would bring the best of your flock, the most unblemished animal that you could find without defect or any kind of blemish on them. And you'd present it at the temple and you would place it on an altar saying, God, I give you my best because you are the most important. You are the greatest pursuit that I should ever have. But no amount of lamb's blood would eternally take away our sin. And Jesus came as the lamb of God. And that lamb reminds us that Jesus too, like those Old Testament lambs, year in, year out, that would be sacrificed and the blood that would be shed, that He would once and for all come. And listen, in harsh words, He would be slaughtered on a cross. His blood would spill so that it could cover you and I. Again, Isaiah, using that terminology, says He was like a sheep to the slaughter. And He went to the cross and, and He died. He died so that His blood might cover what? Our sin. He would cover our sin. And notice the sin of the world. The sin of all types of people in all types of places with all types of issues. Not just a certain person, but all of us. That we might be covered. That our sins might be taken care of. Now, why would He do this? We've noticed our lostness this morning. We've reflected upon the Lamb, Jesus, who takes away our sin. Why would He do it? The Bible says it was out of love. It was out of love. For God so loved the world that He gave. You see, the reason why we celebrate Christmas and the reason why we give gifts is because our God gave. Our God gave something that is way better, that is eternally and infinitely better than anything under the tree. Sorry, kids. Your parents and Santa didn't give you anything in comparison to what the God of the universe has given every one of us young and old. You see, God, at just the right time, in just the right place, in a city of David called Bethlehem, in what was called, as we just heard Stephanie sing, a labor of love, Mary the Virgin gave birth to the long-awaited Messiah. And it was God's gift, His Christmas gift to you and I because He loves you and I so very much. And He saw us in our lost place. He saw us broken in our sin. And He sent Jesus. And Jesus put on flesh. And Jesus made His dwelling among us. And we got to behold the glory, the glory of the one and only. And He lived and He died so that you and I might have life. 
You see, Christmas is a lot of things to a lot of people. But the reason why we took time this morning to share in song all of these scriptures and all of these songs was to tell His story. The story of Jesus, who prophets foretold about, who came just as He said He was going to, to do exactly what He said He was going to do so that you and I might have life in Him. So this Christmas, let me ask you this question. Is His story a part of your story? Is His story a part of your life? The Bible tells us that we can have the sin taken away if we would confess our sin, if we would seek God's forgiveness, and we would commit ourselves to living afresh and anew for Him. This year, or this time of the year, or each year, our church talks about being all in. And it's a phrase we use about here that really talks about commitment, dedication. It talks about uh, what Jesus did. And each Christmas we take a time to be reminded of the gift that Jesus gave. And we've been telling stories around here, stories of how God has changed us, stories about how God is using us to impact the world around Him. And for those who have been with us each and every week, you've seen a video story from each of our four different campuses of what God is doing. But we want to open up the lens a little bit. And we want to share with you the journey that some of our dearest friends and partners in ministry all over the world are experiencing by being all in for Christ. Why don't you turn your attention and look to the screen as we uh, hear about the stories of some of our missionaries, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about our journey. Missions is central to what God's heartbeat is for the church. My name is Dave Haas, been uh, part of Village Bible Church for a long time, nearly 40 years. My role on the missions committee is really one of a facilitator, um, just coordinating the, the work of the committee. There are missionaries sent all over the world who are called to go and serve with their lives, and the committee has the opportunity to engage with them. I think a lot of people don't realize that Village Bible Church puts a, a really significant priority and in, in investment into missions and community outreach. From a budget perspective, over $200,000 is invested every year in this work, the Lord's work around the world. We've got partnerships that touch more than 20 countries and families. I think 21 different families are involved in serving with their lives. So essentially, 13 cents out of every dollar given to, to Village Bible Church is reinvested into God's work in global mission and community outreach. To the degree that you're praying or giving financially, you're vitally involved. The missionaries themselves will tell you that that's essential to their work. They couldn't do it without your support. And so thank you for being part of that. We reached out to them and asked them to share some of the stories. And some of them are just really encouraging and great. So we want to share some of that with you. We want to thank everyone at Village for their financial support over these eight years. Uh, it has had much more than a monetary impact on us. In the first few bumpy months on the field, knowing that you were with us um, kept us going and spurred us on not to give up. And now that the time begins to feel long and separations are hard, you are helping us to persevere. 
to do the work that God's called us to. Andrew and Megan Rowland serve in Alaska at Tenalian Leadership Center. And uh, they wrote and said that over the past few months, we have been so encouraged by one of our alumni. Her name is Kat. When she was at Tenalian Leadership Center, she was living in rebellion toward God and really didn't want a relationship with us. But she's not that same person. God has so changed her that she calls us to ask Bible questions, ask for prayer, even pray for us. We love seeing God fully transform the lives of people we've invested in. The support from Village has uh, enabled about 197 young men and women studying the Word of God on a daily basis, being trained and equipped to be pastors and uh, school teachers and administrators in the country. Uh, thousands of people are being helped in Liberia and uh, lives are being impacted and communities are being transformed in ways that we've never seen before in Liberia. Ben and Missy Hatton serve in Papua New Guinea and they write, We have seen God faithfully sustain us in mind, body and soul these nearly five years in Amdu. We praise him for how he has enabled us to learn how to live here as part of the Amdu community, speaking their language and understanding their culture. Now we're delighted to be taking our first formal steps in disciple making by teaching the Amdu men and women how to read and write their language. This is the foundation to the foundation of God's word that we are going to be laying down to pave the way to a clear understanding of the gospel of grace. What a privilege it is to be here and to be his children. All that we're doing, not only internationally, but nationally, heart for the city, locally with Praise Chicago. Sometimes it's a little crazy to keep all those buckets in line with resource and heart for the city and Praise Chicago, but all of that is primarily driven by the prayers and the gifts of you all. And so thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. So amazed at what God has done and is doing and humbled by your partnership with us. Victor and Amanda Rodriguez serve in Mexico. Uh, they write that both of us serve in the city of Piedras Negras, but each of us works full-time in two different areas. Victor started up a food trailer called El Jarocho with his mother a year ago, and they've thoroughly enjoyed serving food to people and getting to know people from all over the city. Amanda works with Crossroads Missions and loves the opportunity to get church mission teams connected to local ministries and local friends. And a special note, Victor and Amanda are excited to announce that their family will be growing next year because they're going to have a baby. We are so thankful for the Village Bible Church family and all of your support making it possible for us to be here in Uganda and serving with the Shepherd Center. So we just want to thank you for all of your support and encouragement. We get to hear such great and encouraging stories from the missionaries that we partner with around the world. and. Frankly, these things wouldn't be possible without the financial support that you give. So I want to thank you for being all in. Nell and I are deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you for investing in our lives. Hey, Village Bible Church, thanks for being all in. We'd appreciate your support. Thanks for being all in. Thanks for being all in. Asante. Talk about a video that it takes a whole world to put together, right? You know, it tells the story of Christmas. Jesus went and became all in for us. He left heaven and everything that that affords to come and be one of us. And as a church, we're on a journey where we want to be all in. 
a journey that starts with, first of all, our spirituality. It begs the question this morning, what gift will I give this Christmas? And I want you to know right, right now that the most important gift that you could give back to God is your life. It's to bow the knee in forgiveness and confession and say, God, I need you to be my Savior. God, I want to give my life back to you. You gave for me, and now I want to give back to you so that you might, might move and change me in the way that you have purposed me to live. As a church, we are passionate about seeing people become all in for Christ, not only here in the Fox Valley area, but as you've seen all over the world. And, and, and that takes resources. And so as a church, we had a pretty uh, amazing and lofty goal that we wanted all of our church this Christmas season uh, to give to that mission. And right now, we find ourselves at 69% of our people giving to that. And so we've got about 30% left that we're excited and hope that all will participate in this. We had a lofty goal of $265,000 to be given in one month here at this campus. And I'm here to tell you we're about $205,000 towards that goal. God is doing amazing things where we'll be able to take the gospel and spread it so that the story that we've been hearing sung about this morning will continue to ring forth and where people will come to know the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If you call Village Bible Church your home or you want to be a part of this journey, I would encourage you to jump on board and be a part of it. We've got about a, a week left where we get an opportunity to be able to share with the God of the universe how thankful we are for the greatest gift this Christmas and to give a little bit back to Him. You can do so by giving in the offering boxes on the back wall or online. There's information in the back of your bulletin on how you can do that. But we are just so excited about what God is doing, that God is sharing His story, and more importantly, His Son with us, that we might experience true life in Him. I want to thank you again uh, for coming, uh, for being a part of this uh, service. And let me just ask uh, uh, for God's blessing as we finish up our service. Father God, as we come to uh, this moment and this time and this busy season, Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every person that's here. Thank you for the team uh, that has led us well this morning. Thank you for their gifts of singing, Lord, their uh, knowledge of audiovisual and, and all that's involved in a service like this, Lord. Thank you for their service to you and to us. Thank you, Lord, through song and through the Scriptures, how we can hear that you are the one who has come to save us from our sins. Thank you, Lord, for being all in. Thank you for committing your life to us. And Lord, I pray that as a people, before we leave, that we would commit ourselves to being all in for you. If someone has never trusted you as their Savior, they wouldn't leave this place without talking with the person who brought them or, or one of our singers on the stage or myself, Lord, without knowing what it means to be a child of God. Oh God, we can't thank you enough for the inexpressible gift that you gave to us that first Christmas. But Lord, you call us into a relationship where we can continue to enjoy the good gifts you give. So Lord, I pray that we will do so. I pray that today we would behold you, that we would see you and we would push away the distractions and experience you by your Spirit in a fresh and new way. 
Lord, I pray that we would share that as John did. That we would share that with all those we come in contact with. That people would see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, Lord, bless the remainder of our service and our comings and goings from this place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen.